This is America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. I just see a huge train wreck come down. On News Talk 1290. Join the conversation by calling 1-800-577-1290 or online at healthreformexplained.com. Once again, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Talking about the AHCA, the deal that, that did not go through with Stuart Sloan and Sean McGuire here. Stuart, we're going to take a look at uh, some of the things happening, what the states are doing right now. Did you see the developments in Kansas in that the state legislature voted to expand Medicaid for that state and then Governor Brownback vetoing that legislation? Something, uh, something to pay attention to. I think a lot of states are going to be having difficult decisions for Medicaid, and uh, the uncertainty has just grown, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. But let's talk about – this is a, a key point in, in today's discussion, John. Let's talk about the importance of Medicaid. When it was created uh, in July of 1965, most of the notoriety was on its uh, you know, uh, big brother there, uh, Medicare. There was very little press about uh, Medicaid and what it would accomplish and all that. But over five decades later, Medicaid has surpassed Medicare – the number of people it covers, uh, it's going gradually into a monster that provides for the medical needs of one in five Americans, that's 74 million people, starting from, uh, for many, in the womb and for others, ending uh, when they go to their graves. Medicaid is so central in the country's uh, health care system right now, it, it played a major role uh, in why the Republican uh, bill uh, you know, didn't uh, didn't pass or didn't come to a vote. You know, last Friday, um, the Republican bill would have largely undone the expansion of Medicaid under the ACA. You know, and which added 11 million low-income adults to the program would have guaranteed the federal government would cover almost all of their their costs. It would have ended the federal government's open-ended uh, commitment to pay a significant share of the state's uh, Medicaid costs. Uh, this program is so woven into the nation's fabric, uh, almost two-thirds of Americans uh, in a poll by the Kaiser Family Foundation said either they were covered by Medicaid or a family or a friend was covered by the program. Uh, you know, So this is, this is massive, massive, massive uh, amount of dollars. Let me get to your point that you mentioned. The question was, what are states are going to do? Kansas is one that has to make a you know important decision in terms of what to do with their with their Medicaid expansion. Uh, but expanding Medicaid, particularly after what happened last Friday, has quickly been picked up in other states, uh, and this includes Virginia and Maine and Idaho, Florida, Georgia, Missouri, Utah, and Wyoming. Uh, North Carolina, and Louisiana. All of them are looking now at plans for expanding their, uh, their involvement in Medicaid. It's a very, very uh, big financial decision for those states. Mm-hmm. And then you have other states like Ohio, for example, that did expand, mm-hmm. too, and in the, in they're in, in, in favor of it as well. Mm-hmm. What, um, what, why don't we let listeners know also about the Medicaid program, a, a part, I guess, I, I, it's not, I don't know if hidden is the right word, but the fact that Medicaid is really important for long-term care, something that people don't realize and something that also could put that program in jeopardy 
financially down the road? Well, again, you're you're talking about the large share of baby boomers who you know retire uh, every single day, ten thousand a day, and many of those folks uh, use Medicaid uh, as a chassis for you know for their their care. Um, I, I think you're going to see some growth in that area. Uh, obviously, uh, you know the numbers alone uh, indicate that. But I think you know we have to be cognizant that the largest increase in, in Medicaid will come from the under-65 marketplace. Right. Because it, it used to be state-driven, state each state would decide, but they, they essentially federalized it uh, mm-hmm. because of the act. And so mm-hmm. that's something that, that is important. A lot of younger people are on it. So h- how do we go about getting these folks covered that, that we don't? Because it sounds to me like the ACA just – didn't really accomplish what it was what it was set out to do, which, like you said last segment, create a marketplace of 32 million people uh, newly insured. Sounds like they're about a third of the way there. Medicaid's a, a big part of that. That was about how they were going to get half halfway there. Yeah. Uh, what ideas or what what strategies are are you seeing as you're keeping on top of this every day? Well, what I see is now, you know, I, I hate. Uh, for us to uh, bring politics in it, but it's something we can't escape. Uh, I think all parties have to decide uh, how to move forward. Uh, It's clear the American uh, people will not stand for a complete repeal of the ACA. So something in between has to be fashioned. Uh, You know, and we can talk about that right now. Uh, The only way to make something sustainable uh, if Republicans and Democrats work together, right. uh, what we needed, what we need to do now is to put our, our heads together and figure out how to make these things work. Uh, the American people would support that, but they wouldn't support obviously what was what was presented last Friday. I mean that that's obvious. And so Republicans have a new opportunity, you know, to lead. Uh, this is their first opportunity to do so, as far as major legislation is concerned. Uh, and in several parts of, of states, uh, there may be no insurers selling uh, health plans the next year, which is a point you brought up. Anyone who has worked in the, uh, the ACA would see there are lots of problems and lots of room for improvement. Uh, the point of this is to help people. There ought to be plenty of, of space uh, to meet in the middle. And, and that's really the, uh, the challenge right now for all parties in this thing. Do you think that'll actually happen? Uh, it has to happen, Sean. It has to happen. Uh, and let me just point out one reason why it has to happen. Going back to the ACA alone as written, the reinsurance that, that's constructed in the ACA ends at the end of this year. So they have to fashion something. If they're going to go uh, forward into uh, 2018, 19, plus, 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 they have to provide a reinsurance mechanism, uh, much like it already exists for, for Medicare, uh, which works you know, very, very well. Uh, that's sustainable, that's ongoing, and will support the underlying medical programs that will have to be a fabric of either a revised ACA uh, or replacement of ACA. Mm-hmm. So reinsurance obviously is going to be a key to that. 
Can you? I, I I know I know what that is, but can you help the audience understand that somebody that's listening uh, a little bit what you're mean by reinsurance? Sure, reinsurance is insurance behind insurance. It's where uh, uh, insurance companies negotiate for reinsurance companies to back up the coverages that they uh, put into the marketplace. So they're really not standing on on their own assets. They're standing on a certain uh, dollar amount to back up these plans, and then anything over and above that is supported by reinsurance companies who specialize uh, in providing this extra insurance behind insurance companies. Now, under the Affordable Care Act, didn't the government basically become a reinsurer for these insurance companies? Well, no. The government structured three uh, uh, aspects of reinsurance to back up the ACA. Right. And that's what uh, comes up for renewal at the end of this year. And that and that's a critical piece of why costs might go up, right? Yep. Because if it, it's it, it's it's funds from the government to insurance companies to pay for, for example, high cost individuals over eighty thousand dollars a year in claims. Yeah. In addition to the subsidies that are being paid out. Right. So, do you think the insurance companies are making out okay? Well, the insurance companies, what's built into the ACA is a 15% profit, you know, no more, no less. Uh, carriers that are that have specialized in the ACA have not done particularly well uh, because of the high-cost claims uh, that, that they have been hit with and the fewer, uh, younger, healthier people that have joined the ACA uh, program. But there are certain carriers that based upon the way they structured their ACA plans, were able to eke out, you know, a small profit. The difference between uh, companies that succeeded and those that didn't is the amount of money that's due and owing uh, the carriers that, you know, that have had uh, severe setbacks financially in terms of their ACA block of business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anything else about what should happen? We're up against our, our third timeout. Um do you have any other thoughts? I mean, I agree that both both sides are going to have to get together to work this out. And well, they're, they're going to have to put a put aside some of their pet projects that they yeah. really want. Yeah, and, and no, get down to no, what's it's, important. It's absolutely true. I, I think there has to be an agreement. Nobody is going to get everything in terms of each uh, you know major party, but thirty six representatives, evenly balanced between Democrats and Republicans, formed. Uh, the Independent Problem Solvers Caucus, they're prepared to help to move this process forward. You know, you asked about uh, how successful the process will be. So there is help there, but the parties at interest, which are the the uh, upper uh, folks uh, who run uh, the policy decisions for Democrats and Republicans, have to agree to come to the table, sit down, and work this thing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sooner rather than later as well. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to look at what the administration can be doing. He wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. My post last week, Art of the Repeal. That's going to have to take some leadership from the White House, and we're going to take a look at what they could be doing. And then also we're going to be looking at some of the -the out-of-the-box ideas. What are some of the extreme things that we could be doing from a policy standpoint to, to make some of these changes You'll find us worldwide on our podcast page, I guess if you use iTunes, 
or if you have a droid, I guess you can. They have a podcast feature too. Either way, it's easy to find. Just search America's Healthcare Challenge or Edie Bellis, and it will come up for you. And you can listen to. I guess we have over 700 segments, so that should keep you busy. If you, uh, I guess, got to drive cross country, we got you covered. We'll be right back. 